how should you plan for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender. Hey, Blue Shirt Breakaway fans. Remember last week when I lied about getting theme music for my podcast? Welcome back. Greg, say hello. Wait, we don't have theme music? No. You lied to me? I was working on some other projects like drinking on New Year's Eve. Uh, what has this world become? It's uh, the same as it always was. Speaking of it's, the I... same as it always was, how about those Rangers, huh? Hey, you know... All right, let's just jump right into this bad boy. Sure. If you told me on Monday last week, as soon as we were done podcasting, that the Rangers were going to get two points on this two-game Florida swing, I probably would have been happy about it. I told you we weren't going to win at all. So when we played I... Tampa Bay and uh, Dom Moore was putting the moves on Ben Bishop, it was a, a very nice sight to see. I'll say that. It was... It almost felt like a turning point. Almost felt like a turning point because then Saturday happened and I realized ah, it wasn't a turning point. Why don't you remind our, our very few listeners. Thank you, all three of you. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. It might be up to four now. Well, oh. I, no, we're back down to three because you promised theme music. It's, and you been, didn't. It's, been, it's been a tough time. Um, why don't you tell them what you did last Saturday night? I went down to Sunrise, Florida, home of the BB&T Center where the Florida Panthers play hockey. And mm. along with... 21,000 other fans, 15,000 of which were Ranger fans, sat through a two-and-a-half-hour hockey game between the Florida Panthers and New York Rangers. Did you enjoy the uh, goals scored by the New York Rangers in that game? Uh, no, because they didn't score any on 39 shots. Mm. 39 shots. Roberto I... Luongo stood on his head, and the Rangers could not score. I, I don't believe I – know, I don't know what the Panthers shot, but I think we outshot them like 2-1, to one, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was uh, they had 18 shots. Oh, Hanks made 15 saves on 18 shots. Yeah, we were playing like really fast hockey. Uh, the defense looked a little sloppy. We, we were really aggressive. In the first period, we had 19 hits to their four. Like, yeah, and the, the play was really dominated on the Rangers offensive side of the ice, too. Like they were holding the puck in the Panthers zone for long periods at a time, but... It almost didn't matter because the, the Panthers would have these quick one-minute offensive bursts in the Rangers' zone, and they would get seemingly five better looks than the Rangers would get on Luongo. Like, the Rangers had a lot of shots on Luongo. Not many do I remember being clean or felt like the Rangers were about to capitalize on a scoring opportunity. It didn't – like, when I kept looking up, I was like, how do the Rangers have this many shots? I don't feel like they're getting through to Luongo. But next thing I knew, they had 39 shots. They couldn't score a goal. I, uh, I, I think it was the second goal. They passed across mid-ice, and the defenseman just, like, sprinted up with, like, this one burst and shot right at Lundqvist. It went immediately in. And, like, maybe two, two minutes before that happened, I just knew it was going to happen. I just looked at my girlfriend and said, shit. And she was like, what's the, wrong? Uh, when the Rangers were trying to defend the power play for the third goal, I turned to my friend who was there as the Panthers were setting up, and I was like, ah, it's about to be 3 nothing." And within four passes it was three nothing because again the rangers defense let an open man right in front of lundquist have a clean shot uh, it's a save lundquist should have made now that i've seen the replay as many times as i had um but i don't know even on a power play someone's not supposed to be that open 
uh, six feet in front of Lundqvist for an easy slap shot. Real professional hockey defenses are supposed to be coached better than that. Uh, and those looks aren't supposed to be happening. It was, a, I would say, a disheartening game. Now, I don't know if I should throw this game away or not. That's my my big question for this game. Is it like... No, 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 no. Can't throw it away. The Panthers are playing exceptionally good hockey. This is a That was a playoff team the Rangers were going up against. And that's going to be a taste of the caliber of team the Rangers will be playing if they <laughs> dream of playing playoff hockey. And, you know, the, the Panthers aren't exactly star-studded. Their best player this season is a 43-year-old who made his debut in 1990 that had a very successful stint for the Rangers in the early to mid-2000s. Right. We were uh, one years old. We were, yeah. Yamir Yager somehow is not just playing hockey, but playing hockey at an exceptional level. Um, but the Panthers as a team is solid from top to bottom. They're not spectacular, but they're built like a small market baseball team would be built. And they have a great goalie. And when great goalies have great nights, like Roberto Luongo had against the Rangers, you can beat anybody. And the Panthers proved that Luongo is more than capable of bringing out those flashes of brilliance we've seen from him in the past that I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's won um, a Vesna, right? I believe so, yes. I'd be surprised if he hasn't. I'd be more surprised if he hasn't than um, anything else. I'm pretty sure he has. He uh he really stood on his head. He was playing a really impressive game. I just as strong as the Rangers came out, as effective as I thought they were being, as aggressive as I've seen them all year, it just never. Oh, they felt, had a great first ten minutes. Just, they had a great first ten. It minutes. just never they, felt they, good. No, and as soon, it's almost like the their back broke as soon as that first goal went in towards the end of the first period. Like, well, we got uh, nothing left. They came out. They came out in the second period with nothing, and they. Followed that up with more nothing in the third period. Uh, in fact, the only thing they had in the third period was it, we've gone. We talked about Chris Kreider last week, and we're, we're about to go into a. I feel like a very long spiel on Chris Kreider right now. Maybe true. Um, Kreider has gone from the guy on your team that plays reckless. You can be reckless and effective, uh, and I think every Ranger fan came to terms after the Carey Price play in the playoffs a couple years ago, that Chris Kreider, for better or worse, is a reckless player. And it was good for the Rangers because they needed that extra bit of spice to go along with the Rick Nashes, the Marty St. Louis, back then Ryan Callahan, Derek Stefan, Zuccarello. Kreider did enough things differently that you kind of put up when he made dumb plays on the ice. You lived with it because he was giving you goals he was making opposing defenses uneasy. He could take over a game in one second with one quick burst from center ice and blow by defenses. He was electric. But now his recklessness is being born out of frustration, and it's killing the Rangers. That boarding penalty he had on Saturday was stupid, immature, and just I, for me personally, I think it was the final straw because I, can't, I, I could no longer accept rooting for that. And I know it's not the first time Kreider has done something that dumb, but it he, seems like he's doing it now because he doesn't know what else to do on the ice. And that's unacceptable. Like, 
it's one thing to be an enforcer like Tanner Glass, but if you're going to do that, you have to play with some control. Kreider is just almost intentionally trying to injure other players now. And now he's picked up this mystery hand injury, so he's going to be held out of a game this week. That is awfully convenient. But so watching him board um, the opposing player on the Panthers, getting the 10-minute misconduct, and then coming back on the ice and watching, uh, I think it was Alex uh, Petrovich, who just, as soon as Kreider jumped on the ice, jumped on him. And it was the first time as a Ranger fan where I sat back and said, good, kick his fucking ass. He fucking deserves it. Because he's playing like shit, and he's playing just dangerously reckless. And it's torpedoing his own value. He's a free agent coming up after this season. He wants to play for the big contract. He's not producing on the offensive side of the ice. And now we're seeing his reckless plays take a real toll on this Rangers team because they had to play a man down for 10 minutes in that third period. A third period they were trailing by three goals against the playoff team. And I know Vigneault would have liked to try and inspire some kind of confidence and come back in the Rangers. But as soon as Kreider made that penalty, game was over. That was it. I, we, I, I knew it in that stand. I think the Ranger fans I was there with knew it as well. And um, I would have been surprised if Ranger fans watching at home also didn't feel the same way. Greg, could you do me a favor and tell me how you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that, that's, that's about, uh, yeah, if, um, if he was a runner in baseball, he would have been Chase Utley sliding in the Ruben Tejada. Wow, that's, that's, that's an incredible, I don't, wouldn't go that far. That being said, uh, I used to be a huge Kreider defender. I would say that Kreider has been my favorite player on the Rangers over these past few years. I b- certainly believe he was tripped into Carey Price, and I did think he did be doing that. He has made a bunch of boneheaded penalties throughout the year. He always leads the team in penalty minutes. And right now, we talked about how, if we would trade him, and I still think I would. You know, last week I was, I was hesitant, but now, like you said, what is his value now? Who really wants that? And it's a rental, right? He's a free agent. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it, I know he was a restricted free agent last winter. Uh, his cap hit right now is a shade under two and a half million for the rest of the season. Uh, and I know he's up for a new contract at the end of the season. And right now, Vigneault can only, like, he's stuck on the fourth line. Vigneault doesn't trust him to play anywhere else. And I don't blame Vigneault for that because right now, Kreider is not producing. You need to give Emerson Edom a couple looks. Edom actually looked good, too, on Saturday. He was one of the few players where I, I walked away like, oh, that was that was inspired hockey. That's nice to see. Um, I, think he, I think a lot of the guys that are lesser talented players are playing with a lot of heart, and I give them credit. I wouldn't call JT Miller a lesser talented player, but I, I don't think he's a top six player. And he's been playing with a lot of heart. I think Lindbergh's been playing well. I think Edom's playing well. I love the way Dom Moore plays. But uh, that doesn't, I think, I that think doesn't Miller, win you hockey. I'm, I'm coming around on Miller. I think he might be I, – I don't think he's a top-line forward, but I, I, think, I think he could be a useful second-line winger. Um, but right now the Rangers are asking a whole lot from him because the entire team's struggling. And I think you're putting too much on JT Miller too soon. A guy that just got promoted off of the third line, now you want him to be your most effective winger to play with Matt Zuccarello and – that's a whole lot of pressure to put on a guy uh, when you're trying to recover from what has been just an absolutely terrible stretch of hockey. Uh, but going back to Kreider real quick, I promised listeners that I would try and look around to see what Kreider could get in terms of value in the NHL. 
And it's one of those really weird situations where Kreider's cheap contract is actually a hindrance for the Rangers because you're not going to trade him for prospects. You need to trade him for someone that makes an impact now. And you're not going to get a player that is underperforming on another potential playoff team to swap contracts with when you're only making two and a half million towards the cap. So like you're not, the the ducks are playing terrible, but you're not going to get Corey Perry, Ryan gets or even um, Andrew Cogliano from the ducks, because those guys all make eight million annually. And they're not, the Rangers don't have the room to make that deal without moving Nash. And they're not going to move Nash and Kreider in one trade, at least not in the middle of the season. Right. So the only team that the Rangers really pair up with uh, are the Oilers. The Oilers are a team still rebuilding, still trying to figure out their long-term identity. They have four number one picks currently on the first overall pick currently playing on their roster. They have a number three overall pick currently playing on the roster and they have young players locked up to long-term deals that are very team friendly and they have some guys they can move And Honestly, uh, I, I meant to ask Euler fans specifically how they felt about this deal, but I just kept getting tied up at work. The only name, if I'm an Euler fan that I would feel comfortable trading for Chris Kreider, knowing uh, that I have they have $37 million freed up on the salary cap going into the next season. So they're a team that could bring in Kreider now and think about locking him up long term. Uh, and if I'm the Rangers and I'm going to make a move, I'm going to need an impact player that can try and help me now. And the one name that has stood out to me is uh, Nail Yakupov. He's a former first overall pick that's really struggled since coming over from Russia. Um, but he's put up, believe it or not, similar numbers from that Kreider has. He's injured now, which is a problem, of course, but it's not a long-term so is, injury. So is Kreider. Right. Yakupov uh, is a little more, more serious, but the, I, I don't know if the Oilers make the trade because all the talk was before Yakupov got hurt was that he was uh, meshing really nicely with Connor McDavid playing on the same line. And all the pundits that I've seen were saying how McDavid may have been the guy needed to unleash Yakupov's potential. Okay, McDavid's so the I guy to unleash Oilers... my potential. You know, <laughs> right, right. He, can, he, he, he makes he makes something out of nothing. Yeah, he doesn't, uh, doesn't matter what he's doing. So I don't know. I, I don't know if the Oilers make that deal. And if the Oilers don't make that deal, I don't know. I really don't know who the Rangers trade Kreider for because I don't know who wants that headache. Like that's the other like the Oilers are the one team that not only have the like a piece the Rangers would want the salary cap to pay Kreider, but they're in a period right now where they can figure out if Kreider's a headache that they want. They can give him over a half a season to see if he's worth a damn. And honestly, a team's going to need that if they're going to invest money in Kreider. Right now, I, I I don't know if the Oilers make that move, but I don't know what else the Rangers would do. And if the Rangers aren't going to do that, I, I'm, I don't know what they will do. And I think that is the real problem with the Rangers because they just don't have assets to move. So before we get into uh, the Gates coming up and speaking of playoffs, they're going to be pretty tough. Let me ask you a quick question. And I didn't, I didn't prep you for this at all, so feel free to answer any way you want. Season ends today. 
Rangers are out of the playoffs. All the, Well, Rangers are in the playoffs, but things are tough. We get knocked out in the first round. Next year, is Rick Nash and Chris Kreider still on this team? Well, I was in the camp that thought uh, this offseason, the one before this season, was the time to move on from Nash. Okay. Uh, because it's getting to a point with him where if he has one more postseason, if the Rangers get to the postseason, puts up another Nash-sized egg and seems to struggle, then I think it becomes abundantly clear that Rick Nash is not going to be the scoring horse that sends this team over the top. Um, if, if the Rangers continue to struggle like this, Chris Kreider will most certainly not be on the Rangers just because the Rangers are already in salary cap hell. And even with as crappy as Kreider's playing, he'll be due a raise. And the Rangers right now do not have the finances, even with Yandel coming off the books, to give Kreider that necessary raise. Man, and losing Yandel is really going to hurt. I don't think so, because I'm over Yandel, too. Um, wow. I don't, I don't know how many times I need to tell you how invisible the Rangers' defense looks if Yandel and Boyle get stuck on the ice at the same time. Well, it happened again on Saturday and directly led to a goal. Yeah. And I, was, I honestly was about to rip the seat out of the bearings in that arena and just throw it on the ice and call it a day. Boyle because, comes off the cap, too. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? Um, you got to replace those guys with guys that can actually play defense. I, you got to find someone else to uh, point your power play. You can't rely on two defensemen to do it anymore. That's just not a good way to structure a team. I'm, it's fine if you want to have one offensive-minded defenseman in your core. To have two really exposes your back line, and we're seeing it right now. The defense is awful, and if Boyle and Yandel keep getting caught on the ice in the middle of changes, it's, it's indefensible, literally. They can't stop the puck. <laughs> Good joke. Um, so, yeah, Kreider, I think no matter what happens this season, is gone after this year. Nash, with him, because he's such a high salary, it's another one of those things where you got to find a team that wants to move on from a guy. Like maybe the Ducks want to move on from Getzlaff, and you can flop Nick, oh, uh, Rick Nash for Getzlaff. Getzlaff's been really a- bad, too, just for reference. He's been awful. I know, but at the same time, Nash is a high-priced player that is supposed to score that isn't scoring. So it's not like you're going to get full value for Rick Nash. You've got to find someone that matches contract-wise, and good players on those contracts aren't going to be traded. You're not going to get John Tavares for Rick Nash. You're not going to get Tyler Sagan for Rick Nash. You're not going to get a star player that's budding and becoming a better player for Rick Nash. You're going to get a guy that you think needs a change of scenery and has a track record. And I'm not saying like, again, I'm just throwing Ryan Getzlav's name out there because I know he's on a struggling team and has a high salary and is playing like crap, but that's the kind of guy you're going to get for Rick Nash. Gone are the days where you're going to get the package. The Rangers gave up for Nash, which included Anisimov and Dubinsky that's not going to happen this time around. So you got to think carefully. If it's, it almost behooves the Rangers just to hope that um, Nash turns it around because you're not going to get equal value for him, and you might as well just ride it out. But if the Rangers continue to play like this and Nash struggles again in the playoffs, I don't see how he comes back to New York. I don't know why he would want to come back to New York because 
you and me are, I'm complaining like this to Rick Nash and I'm a assignment editor in Savannah, Georgia. And <laughs> I can only think of what the likes of, you know, Boomer and Carton are going to say, Joe and Evan are going to say on WFAN. Well, I'll tell you like, what they're going to say. Nobody talks about hockey. Nobody talks about, well, <laughs> Boomer and Carton talk hockey. Yeah, and that's they, about it. They talk hockey on drive time radio. So someone out there will complain about Rick Nash loud enough where Rick Nash will not want to call New York home. So that's, that's where, but remember we, last you year, talked, you and I talked about this as well, uh, off the pod before we came on, but we were going to say it was going to be a talking point on this episode, which I know we're already running a little long on because we're getting a little, getting a little preachy today, getting a little deep. One thing you and I didn't discuss last week because it never dawned on us is the job security of Elaine Vigneault. I never would have thought of firing Vigneault. I do not consider this Vigneault's fault. I'm and I'll let, I'll let you go first because when you and I started seeing the comments on our post last week on the pod and it was brought up, I, it literally never dawned on me that I would consider firing Vigneault because he's been such a reliable voice behind that bench. I'm still on Team Vino. Uh, I know he's mismanaged some play this year. We just talked about the Yano and Boyle play. Uh, Girardi and Saul have been... I, you can only manage minutes as well as possible. It's It's been really tough. You, you have a crappy defense you're trying to deal with. You have lines you're trying to shuffle around. Vino's taken us to the prom, well, almost to, well, to the promised land twice, or once, and to the championship twice since he's been here. He's been nothing but a great coach, and I've never had a problem with him. It's just the team isn't living up to expectations right now. Uh, I can't one, I can't say it's his fault. And the one thing, the criticism that I saw seems to be um, fans have problems with Vino not holding veterans accountable. At the same time, I, would, I don't want my coach to babysit the vets. If you've been in this league eight-plus years, like someone like Mark Stahl has been, I don't want Vino yelling at Stahl every day at practice. At some point, if you're Mark Stahl, you got to know what you have to do. And if you aren't doing it, you don't need your coach to be like, Stahl, pick up the play. Like He knows. He knows. He knows Mark, he sucks. Mark Stahl. Girardi knows he sucks. Like Yeah, these guys don't need a coach like Tortorella to get on their case and call them out. These guys are veterans. If you're playing like shit, you don't need your coach to remind you you're playing like shit. You just have to do some self-evaluation and figure out what the hell is going on. And if you don't have it in you anymore, then that's a conversation that you and I can't have because we're not those players. But I don't want a coach like that is just destroying his vets. Treat vets like the vets. Like Let them go. If they're not playing well, it's on them. It's not on the coach. I, the thing, I, I do think Vigneault waited long when it comes to needing to change up the lines and taking a player like Hayes out of the lineup. I, I think the leash was a little too long on that one, and he's kind of getting hung by it. I think not but, having McElrath in the lineup is killing me. It Well, I, I don't think. I know it's killing me. I, I really want him back and playing on D. I really want yeah, him back playing with Yandel. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I agree. But the only way I think it happens... Consistently, is if there's another injury or if the Rangers move someone, and I, I don't know who that someone is. They move. Uh, Girardi has no trade, by the way, or selected Gir- team. Yeah, right. And Stahl is on such a long, expensive contract that I don't know why anyone would want to take that money. I think he has you're three not, years left. 
You're not trading the Captain McDonough, even when he's playing terribly. He's no, still he's, he's not going anywhere. He's still the face of the franchise, other than Hank. I think you could move Klein, but you're not going to get much for him. No, uh, I, and, and I think Klein's your your best and most solid defenseman recently. Yeah, I think he's more valuable to the Rangers than he is making him the sacrificial lamb uh, for McElrath to get in the lineup. I'm all I think on the, the, the guy you got to move is Boyle, but no one wants Boyle. Uh, and I don't blame anyone for not wanting Boyle because he is an absolute shadow of himself. Hey, man, take your phone off vibrate, bro. Yo, it's Boston Mike. I'm he's, just he's, I'm just telling you, man, for the fans, all four of them. Hey, look, be a the, professional. Fans wanna, the fans want to know <laughs> yeah. that I have friends out there that care about me enough to text me. You know what? Good for, good for you, man. <laughs> look, it right. was a long day. I made dinner tonight. Listen, I made dinner, too. It's been tough. I ran a couple miles. All right. We're going preachy, right? We talked about the Rangers. I'm oh, a, we we got on some serious soapbox. <laughs> I'm in Planet Fitness tonight. If any of you don't know what that is, it's a gym. Sorry. What? <laughs> you can't believe it. It's a gym. And it's the first Monday of the month. You know what Planet Fitness does, Greg, on the first Monday of the month? I think you're going to tell me. They give pizza out. And you know where they put the pizza, Greg? Next to the treadmills. You know who was on the treadmills? Me. The story's over. I was running my three miles, trying to get in shape for the new year. And just people around me just eating pizza at tables and looking at me. One guy was lifting a barbell while eating pizza. It was a living hell for me. Just wanted to get that <laughs> off, get off my chest. I really, How do you really feel though? I really was pissed off about that. It's incredible that my gym gives out pizza when everyone works out. Well, uh, maybe you need to find a new gym. May uh, I suggest your local YMCA? I, I would. I, I would like to have some fun there, but uh, I, I don't have the money for those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Those budgets. Those budgets for Mohegan Sun. Anyway. Let's move Our on to the, to the upcoming schedule. I'm actually going to skip the Stars, and we're going to talk about them last because they're coming up. They're the closest game. They're coming up tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow. Tuesday. That's going to be a problem. Tuesday, the day this posts. That's going to be a problem. So, yeah, this is going to be a problem. Let's talk about other problems. This Saturday night, the Caps. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, great. So, See, I this, we, do we really need to say much here? Uh, I don't think we need to say anything about these two games. I think it'd be a small miracle if we got uh, if we split those two games. I'm going to talk about the Stars game in a second. That being said, the Caps, it's going to be – I hope we give them hell. I hope we come out for that game because I, I sure as hell know we're not going to come out for the Tuesday game against the Stars, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, but that being said, the Caps, we've talked about them every week for the first four weeks of this podcast. They are a tough team that we always seem to beat, but – they're the hottest team in the NHL. But they're right the now. hottest team in the NHL right now. Ovechkin's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's going for that elusive playoff victory. Yeah, not yeah. We're, we're in trouble. We're um, in trouble. They're they have fifty nine points right now. There's only one team better. Guess who it is? It's the Stars. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah, this is a week from hell. I uh, I honestly, sorry, my phone vibrated again. Oh, right killing now. me, bro. Um, honestly, man, I'd I'd be stunned if the Rangers got two points this week. I, that's like the most defeatist I've ever been in our six weeks or so of doing this podcast. But uh, these two teams are simply better than the Rangers right now. And with the way the Rangers are playing, I don't know how they stop them at all. So no here's where we get our two points this week. We play the Bruins this weekend. The Bruins are struggling right now. They're 5-4-1 in their last 10. The coach came out this week and said he didn't hey, You know what? Him. I'd kill to be 5-4-1 in the Rangers. I'd last kill a guy time. straight in cold blood. Yeah. Um, their, co- their coach came out this week and said he didn't even want to talk about the last month of play. Everything's been so frustrating for them. Bergeron has 35 points, but the rest is like, just like a mismatch of no names. 
It's uh, that's a tough team. Like that's a tough team too. They're just in the same situation as the Rangers, and that's a that's a two points we need to have. Yeah, that that actually feels like a especially if they don't get points out of the Stars and Capitals, you got to beat the Bruins. So, and you know, this will be the last thing we talk about today, uh, the Stars game. Let's play. A, I'm going to play a quick game for you. Who leads the Who leads the Stars in points? Sagan, isn't it Sagan? No. <laughs> what? Yes. It's, is Mike Madonna coming back from the It is time? Jamie Benn. He has 52 points this season. Sagan has they, 50. The, that's just, the, top, the Rangers have a team at 50, the, I think. The, here we go. The top four Rangers, which is, I believe, Zuccarello, Nash, Yandel, and Broussard, only have eight more points than those two combined. That's right. Oh, did I mention that the Stars have Patrick Sharp? Did he play on a team called the Blackhawks for seven years? Yeah, he did. He was also quite good. Yeah, the Stars are good, man. Yeah. Like, like I don't – I expect to go into that Bruin game not having gotten a single point this week and needing a win. It's that simple. And I'll, I'll let you know, preview for next week. We're previewing the Islanders-Ranger game. Oh, God. I did this podcast sober. I'm going to need drinks next weekend. It's been – you know, I, I said this last week. We started this a little late. We could have had a great time during the 10-game the win streak. I've been partying out, feet up, chilling. And now every week we're like, hey, man, this team sucks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good news, though. 44 days until pitchers and catchers. I know. I know, my friend. Uh, but I'll be watching the Rays, and I'll be like, hey, this team sucks. <laughs> well, I'll have the Mets, and I'll be like, hey, I really miss your assessment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you really do. You really No, it's to. okay. I, we'll, at, at some point, we'll enlighten our four viewers, uh, yeah. listeners, I should say, on plans we have for future endeavors and expansion. Oh, hence it's but, a baseball podcast. Yes, yeah, <laughs> but at, uh, I think people will be happy about it, and that's where I'll save all my Mets spiels for. Yeah, we'll talk um, about that at another point in time. But uh, hey, hey, by the way, you yeah. remember the team I compared the Rangers to last week? The Manchester United uh, <laughs> Football Club? Oh, Greg, how could I forget? Uh, well, they won a game this weekend, unlike the Rangers. Wow. So the comparison no longer works. Okay. Well, the, the Rangers did win at Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, I know. But okay. it wasn't this weekend. Okay. Just, just point that out. Give yeah, my, point give my out. boys and blues some props for one win. I'll, be, I'll point you out, bro. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Uh, okay. So now that we're going to wrap this up, I want to say I'm incredibly depressed. I hate Planet Fitness. I don't want to be around pizza when I'm running. And let's go, Rangers. LGM. <laughs> Hells yeah. Good job by you, buddy. Hey, good job by you. Good job by you.